and welcome back to Hubba Hubba Zing Zing, a podcast where a youngish married couple rewatches the Golden Girls and discusses each episode. We're excited to share our perspectives. Come along for the ride. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Ben. Let's get ready to blow it out our tube and blurbles. Episode of Hubba Hubba Zing Zing. We're going to be talking about episode number three entitled Rose the Prude. The original air date was September 28th, 1985. And Ben, can you read that episode summary for me? It says Rose reluctantly agrees to go on a blind date. All right, so we're going to find out exactly what happens in this interesting episode it's one of my favorites actually with rose i think we get a really good insight into her character and her background so i think this is very important to lay the framework for her for the rest of the series yeah it's one of my favorite ones too all right yeah ben has been itching to get this podcast one so much yeah he's been like i really can't wait i can't wait and telling everybody i'm so excited i can't wait so here we are for this episode is about betty white so this main plot of this episode is going to deal with Rose and Betty White is who plays Rose and the B plot is going to be the rest of the girls. But the main book trivia that I got for this is that Betty White chose to submit this episode for Emmy consideration in 1986. She ended up winning the Emmy for outstanding lead actress in a comedy series. And she's the first of the girls to win an Emmy for this show. So Also, Betty White chose this because she loved how romance was and how you got to dive into Rose's character. So I think that's really neat to know that Betty thought this episode was so special that she wanted to submit it for consideration for an award. Also, this is the first episode where the girls eat cheesecake. Susan Harris added the scene in because they were worried that the episode wasn't funny enough. It's a pretty heavy episode. And so they added the funny scene with Blanche in the mirror, which we will talk about later. And it's a pretty good chuckle. That's for sure. And it's the first cheesecake in the whole series, which becomes synonymous with cheesecake. Everybody knows the girl, the Golden Girls talk about cheesecake and sex. And that seems to be the thing. And so here we are already. Episode three. We are ready to eat some cheesecake. Cheesecake. Yeah. It's cheesecake time. I wish we were eating cheesecake right now. We're I not. I do too. But. I've, I was just thinking, I really want some cheesecake. Wouldn't that be great? That would be awesome. We just record every podcast with cheesecake. That would be great. Yeah. But also very cloggy. You'd <laughs> be <Yeah>. like <coughs> coughing through the cheesecake. We need to just make some before. Yeah. And if you notice, when you watch the show, when they take little bites of food, I mean, they eat, they take small bites. They're not trying to shovel it in because you can't talk through your lines when you're mm-hmm. chewing. So, you know, maybe that's what we'd have to be doing, just like nibbling. <laughs> By the time that we're done recording, we'd be like, okay, salivating for our cheesecake. <laughs> so the episode walkthrough is where we're heading with this. So the opening scene, Dorothy and Sophia are playing cards out on the lanai. Blanche is in a cute blue jumpsuit with a plunging colored neckline. That's right, folks. We've immediately jumped into Kaylee's Fashion Corner. Opening scene. Blanche is already in a cute outfit. I mean, she's Blanche. Need I say more? She can wear most anything, and she does. And I love it. And Blanche comes out to ask Dorothy to go on a date with her date's brother. Sophia says yes, because Sophia's like, okay, well, maybe... I'll go. And Dorothy says no, because she wants to beat Sophia at cards. 
Blanche then sees Rose coming out on the lanai. She asks Rose to go on a date with her blind date's brother. And Blanche is told no, as Rose isn't, and I quote, dating anymore. To which Blanche replies, Honey, that isn't true. If it was, you'd let your hair go natural. Well, I mean, I've got some thoughts on that because, well, hello, like, you don't always just dye your hair to impress other people. Sometimes it's because you want to feel good about yourself. But at the same time, I think she also has a point, too. She's not letting herself go. So, I don't know. Rose then says she doesn't know. She's spoiled because Charlie was such a great man. And that is, Charlie is her husband who passed away. So Dorothy said it's just dinner and Charles would want you to eat. Which always makes me laugh. Because it's a good point. You know, I think sometimes when you have that trauma in your life, you see things as like, oh, this is such a serious event. But to other people, it's just dinner. It's just a Mm. date. But for her, it's like, I haven't. I'd want you to eat. Yeah, but I'm not ready. She's not ready to close that chapter. And so I think that's really her main reason why she's like, I'm not dating. But then we find out, wait, it's actually, she had a horrible date the week before. So we'll dive into that. Rose then hesitantly agrees after Dorothy kind of, you know, talks her into it. And Blanche says, I'll go call the boys. Which is pretty funny to me because they're in their 50s and 60s. What what boys? Like, like you're in middle school or high school or college and you're trying to set up a little party or a a double date or something yeah like a group hangout or something like oh okay let me call we're gonna go to the bowling alley let's get it let's call the girls and the boys yeah you guys call the boys yeah but i always thought that was kind of funny when she says it like okay so that tells you how young blanche feels like she is a little insight into blanche's psyche rose then lambasts the dating scene in miami at their age to dorothy and sophia And says that a man talked to her for two hours about his prostate problems the week before. Rose said she lived in Minnesota for 51 years and had never even heard of a prostate. To which Dorothy replies, it's too cold. They don't have them there. And Ben is from Indiana. And I just want to confirm, do men have prostates up in the north? I'm pretty sure I have one. Pretty sure. I think you know they if have you commercials don't. Commercials about them. Okay. Yeah. So, I so, would uh, so yes. Obviously, I'm joking. Clearly, Rose was being, or Dorothy was being sarcastic with Rose. But I just think it's funny how they said, "Well, it's too cold to have it." And at this moment, Dorothy is on a losing streak. At Jen loses to Sophia again, and Dorothy's getting pretty frustrated. But now it's time for the date. We don't even know that it's time for the date because the next scene, you don't even get to see how the date went, but you get to hear about it. Blanche walks in and slams the door. She asks Dorothy if something is wrong after hearing something break in the kitchen. And Dorothy comes into the living room, you know, slams the best she can that open and shut kitchen door that Mm -hmm. kind of swings back and forth. That would be kind of disappointing. You know, when you're angry and you just want to slam something, you just be like, just swing it. (laughs) Behind you. If I heard that behind me, I'd get some WD-40 very quickly. (laughs) You hear the swinging air door. Yeah. So Blanche realizes, okay, it's because Dorothy's been playing cards still this whole time with Sophia and she's not one. And she says, I don't know why you keep playing with your mom, Dorothy. It just makes you crazy. And Dorothy agrees and refuses to play cards with her again. Sophia comes into the room then and says, you're too competitive. It's always been your worst feature. 
and you won't be able to stay away. I'm a competitive person, so I can understand wanting to win. I take it so personally that it would be hard to stay away. I'm very competitive, too. Yeah, I think that's why we work best when we play as a team. When we play against each other, it gets pretty ugly. Yeah. That's a marriage hack that we learned pretty early on. So don't <laughs> don't play on opposite sides if you can avoid it if you're really competitive because there will be some fights over some really stupid things. And if you're on the same team, make sure you've got the same amount of power. We discovered that one too. Yeah. <laughs> so Dorothy asked Blanche about the double date. And we find out that Rose and her date hit it off. And Blanche had the bad one. She was the one with the crappy date. And Rose comes in smiling and laughing. And she says this is what they they did on their date. They ran a toll booth. Okay. We find out his name is Arnie. They went dancing and are going back out the next night to go dance again. That's how well it went. They're going to go out the immediate next night. I mean, that's a hallmark of a good date. Because you don't go out again immediately yeah. unless it was like... Really, really good. good yeah and dancing is romantic and sweet and an intimate thing to share with somebody then starts to leave to go to her room and she's all smiley and giggly still and dorothy is genuinely happy for her you can see that but blanche raspberries you know i can't raspberry can you raspberry <laughs> whatever with her tongue as dorothy or as um, Dorothy and Blanche are sitting on the couch as Rose walks out. You know, Blanche is jealous because she got the bad date. And Blanche is always wanting to have the best men, right? And you find out that her date's name is Jeffrey. And he was on a low-sodium diet. Dancing makes his ankles swell. So he couldn't even dance. And Dorothy chastises Blanche for not being happy for Rose after she hasn't been happy with a man since her husband passed years ago. So at this time, you know, I think that it's really good that Dorothy stands up for Rose and helps Blanche to get some perspective. It's not always about Blanche having the best. That's a selfish view. And I can understand, though, being disappointed in the date because that really would suck if it's like a blind date and you're sucked and the bonus date that's supposed to usually be a mess, you know, went really well. Yeah. Because I feel like if you get asked to come along on a blind date last minute, it's hit or miss. And most of the time, it's going to be bad. I mean, technically, ours, we went on something that was called a roommate date when, when I was in school and college. Yeah, not Ben and I. Ben and no, I did not. No, 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 And essentially, it ended up being a blind date because we had one guy who was popular there, went around and got all the rest of us dates. None of us knew of them, except for, like, one guy who requested a, a girl. And requested a girl? He said, hey, this I, is I a, have a crush on this girl. This Will is a Christian university. This is a Christian university. It's not a creepy no. request. But he, he, has, he had a crush on this one specific girl. Anyways, but Ben got set up with the dud. Pretty much all of us got set up with duds. Except, except for, for that the dude. one guy. And yeah. he got what he wanted from the evening, so... Well, good for him. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, most of the time being on the other end of the blind date is not going to go well. No. Yeah. I don't, I haven't really been on blind dates. I have been, like, I have been to hang out with friends and, like, they had, like, a sibling there. And I could tell, like, they were thinking, oh, are they going to hit it off? But, like, nobody ever pushed it on us, which was great. And we did hit it off as, like, friends and joking around. But, like, people didn't even come back in the house. They all disappeared to go get food and just left us. And I was like, wait, this isn't, uh. 
<laughs> and him and I were like, we were cracking up because we were thinking like, oh, they probably think we're doing something like dirty. Like, what do they think is going on in here? But obviously, no, nothing was happening. And we never hung out again. But I was, I'm good friends with her. And so I just think that's kind of funny how that worked out. But yeah, most of the time, blind dates, you're not going to really hit it off. So, you know, Rose just got lucky, honestly, with this. And Rose needed to because she had such a bad experience the week before with the prostate guy. So Dorothy then strokes Blanche's ego to soften the blow of her bad date by reminding her of all the interesting men she's dated before, which is a really smart psychological approach. And it's a good way to deal with people like Blanche that have some narcissistic tendencies, I think. Remind them of the good things they have, what they've had in the past, and, you know, be happy for other people because look what you've got. This is from a behavioral sciences major. Yeah, my degree is in behavioral sciences, so I just kind of look at it from that viewpoint. Sometimes analytically, I can't help it. So Dorothy brings up the coach from the Miami Dolphins that Blanche dated. And Blanche is like, oh, yes, like the adhesive tape. And was it the training room? And Blanche is getting all hot and bothered. And Dorothy is like, uh, you need to go take a cold shower. <laughs> because she got way too excited thinking about that coach. And also awkward. I don't want to be on the couch with somebody that hot and bothered. <laughs> and she asked her, tell me about another one. Yeah, tell me some more, right? It was so good. I want to know more about my... Well, no, about another date. Yeah, but I want to know more about my past history. Like, yeah. remind me. Remind me how good I am. Yeah. So the next scene, Sophia is leaving and tells Dorothy and Blanche that she's in a club that sends their picks into Willard Scott pretending to be... <laughs> 100 years old because they want to be on tv they want to be on the today show they want to get seen and yeah that's pretty funny but as soon as sophia opens the door she sees rose and her date arnie hugging and rose tells arnie i'll let you know about next week so we don't know what's going on there but it's weird because they're doing this really long hug like there's some kind of connection but clearly there's a physical disconnect because when you tell your date goodnight it's, and if it went really well and you're really enjoying them, you're not usually, like, really hugging them. You would think there'd be, like, a kiss or something. Yeah. A little more intimate than the way they were hugging. It was an intimate hug, but it was still weird. Yeah. You know? And later on in the series, you see a bunch of the girls kissing their dates by or whatever when they open the door. And it's a lot more passionate than what that hug was. But Rose comes in the door and Dorothy asks how it went. And then Rose storms out to the lanai and blanche and dorothy follow her out there and they check on her and they find out that arnie wants to go on a cruise to the bahamas with her and she's upset 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 it she's upset she's upset blanche doesn't get it and asks oh is that because he wants you to pay your own way and dorothy's kind of looking at blanche like uh and Blanche is looking at Dorothy going, hmm, I don't get it. You know, quietly behind Rose's back during this time while Rose is talking. Rose is oblivious to this because she's so wrapped up in her own emotions and what's going on. But so Rose admits that no, the reason that she's so upset is because they'll be all alone. And she hasn't been with anyone since Charlie died. And that the first time she was intimate was on her wedding night, which I mean, back in that time period, I think that was a little more common than nowadays. But that's still a big deal because Blanche is shook 
at this, but Dorothy's understanding. And we know Dorothy's first time was in her wedding night because she got married because she was pregnant. But we can assume that the only guy that Dorothy ever slept with Stan. was Stan until they divorced, right? So, because we know she's faithful. Mm-hmm. And Blanche, we know that's just not true. Blanche has definitely slept with multiple guys and um, did not wait for George. But that's okay. Like, you can live your life, do your own thing. But I think that it helps that Dorothy kind of understands her a bit more because Dorothy had only ever been with Stan. And it probably was a bigger deal, you know, when she slept with somebody else. It probably took a bit to process the emotions. But Rose is concerned because she's not sure she's ready for that um, kind of commitment or doing anything because she just, you know, we'll we'll dive a bit more in the episode um, where Rose will really touch on the topic of her feelings and why that's happening. So... Blanche defends Rose or Dorothy defends Rose from Blanche's criticism, which I think is nice to see. Dorothy encourages her encourages Rose to go and she said you'll know when the time is right, which again, great advice. You know, Dorothy is usually the level-headed one in the house, and I think, you know, she's really being a stand-up friend in this episode. Dorothy tells her that if you take a chance, sometimes something good happens. And sometimes something bad happens. But if you don't take a chance, nothing happens. Which is wonderful advice. I think that I have an anxiety disorder and it, it sometimes it's very hard to want to take chances. And I think that that's good, a good reminder that if I just keep myself inside and never go anywhere and never do anything because I'm nervous about what's going to happen if I do those things, then nothing will ever happen. Nothing good will happen. I have to push myself out of my comfort zone to make good things happen. And sometimes something bad will happen. And that's just part of life. So Rose then decides, you know, after Dorothy's small pep talk, um, that she wants to take a chance and she doesn't know what to wear for the first night. And here comes Blanche with a zinger and tells her to wear a life jacket and a great big smile, (laughs) which is like classic Blanche, but also never Rose would ever, ever do that too classy no so we find out um in the next scene the boat you know they they what do you call it the scene the intro to the scene they put like a picture or you know a a reel of the boat and the boat looks like a carnival ship to me i was on a cruise once and that's what it looked like um and they're in a stateroom rose is waiting awkwardly on the bed and she's trying to kind of like look natural and calm she's in her like pink little back bathrobe and she said you know and she gets up when Arnie comes out of the bathroom. We see him come out of the bathroom and she compliments his bathrobe uncomfortably, I might say. Like, very awkward. Is that terry cloth? Like, oh, that'll last for a long time. He's like, oh, the kids got that for me. And she's like, oh, I'm no good at bathrobes or something. I was like, okay, this is painful. <laughs> and she's in her little pink satin or silk robe. And Rose isn't tired and he's not either. So yikes you know this is getting uncomfortable and um as if it wasn't already uncomfortable enough but he offers her to dance which is really sweet to try to you know ease the tension and she says okay i'll get dressed and back in the ballroom in 10 minutes and he says no rose i have this radio i bought for my grandson but kept for myself because he liked it so much and he starts playing the music and it's the glenn miller band which they play the glenn miller band often in this show it is specifically moonlight serenade yeah i love the glenn miller band um we both do yeah moonlight serenade is a really really good one it's gorgeous yeah so rose confides 
while they're dancing in their stateroom, that she met Charlie at a Glenn Miller dance. And it wasn't actually Glenn Miller. It was Dick Singleton and the Singletones. And their motto was, if you close your eyes, you'd swear it's Glenn Miller. And she says, no matter what you did, you knew it was Dick Singleton. (laughs) Which always cracks me up. (laughs) Because what are they doing, you know? Like, how bad was it that you knew? But I think it's interesting that she says she met him at a Glenn Miller dance. Because later on in another episode, she said she knew him Mm -hmm. because they met when he was selling insurance policies on the side of the road as a child. And that when her wagon was trampled by some runaway hogs that smelled the smoked ham she was bringing home for mama that he covered her nickel policy or whatever and bought her a whole new red wagon and she was like even though my policy didn't cover acts of swine and dorothy's like acts of swine you know and her dorothy voice Mm -hmm. so always cracks me up so i wonder really you know if they had just met at a child, but that's how she said she knew she was in love with him all like way back when. So I think it's interesting at the Glenn Miller dance. Cause I really doubt that they were dancing to the Glenn Miller music as children. So I don't know a little plot hole there that makes you wonder. And then we get a little more background on Arnie Peterson because she says, you know, he, you remind me of Charlie. And he says, I'm not Charlie. I'm Arnie Peterson. From Plainfield, New Jersey. And if you like me, it's for who I am, not who I remind you of. And she says she likes him. And he says, I like you too, Rose Nyland. And this is a key thing that I think would get glossed over if you don't pay close attention. It's the first time we hear her full name, Rose Nyland. And if you think about it, Rose Nyland, that is her married name. So that is going to remind her of Charlie. Like, oh, that's right. I'm, I am Rose Nyland. Oh, Nyland. Right? Because mm-hmm. we find out later on her maiden name is Lindstrom. But I think that that's one of the reasons that this is such an, like, they kiss and then Rose bolts into the bathroom. And I think that, honestly, thinking about Rose Nyland, like, if somebody, if I was, you know, I'm married to you, but if somebody kissed me and they're like... <laughs> Kaylee Van Tilburg right before I'd be like, oh my gosh, that's, that's me. Oh, I got his last name and this feels uncomfortable. Where is, you know what I mean? I think that it would feel really hard to separate Mm -hmm. you from that moment. And back at the house now, so we're, you know, they need a little comic relief because now you're feeling pretty sad for Rose and this is a tough scene to watch. And so they, they are ready for the comic relief. And this is what they brought up in the book. Um, that Susan Harris added into this year, the episode because they needed a little more comic relief and they thought the episode wasn't funny enough because it's a comedic series. And, of course, Golden Girls Forever by Jim Colucci is where I get all my book trivia from. An unauthorized look behind the lanai. They always have such good um, facts and trivia in here and tidbits from interviews with the stars. So I think that's really neat. And you find out that Susan Harris added this, like, last minute. Um, because the writers and they were just concerned. So I think it was a great scene. And this scene gets um, performed for the Queen yeah. of England at one point. Yes, it does. And Rose is thrown in there in it on the, for the stage part because she's obviously away with Arnie in this. And she's not in this scene, but she was for when they performed it for the Queen. I thought that was neat, too. So back at the house, the remaining girls are in the kitchen making tea. Sophia warns about her specimen in the refrigerator when Blanche is... <laughs> 
opening which, the refrigerator. It's confusing because you... Most of the time when somebody has a specimen that they they're sending out, you want it warm. Room temperature or something? Yeah, I don't know. So they start discussing Rose and what she's up to. And we find out that Rose has waited 15 years. Charlie has been gone for 15 years. And the girls swap stories about sex after divorce and losing their husbands. And we find out that Blanche's first sex after her divorce was the reverend at Blanche's husband's mm-hmm. funeral. Um, he was making eyes at her at George's funeral. Like, how disrespectful. And Blanche knew he lusted for her for a long time. Like, before George passed away, she'd be in church on Sunday, and he, she said that when he would talk about sin from the pulpit, he'd look straight at uh-huh. her. And so after his wife died, they hooked up. And Dorothy goes, and... Because she's like, oh, this is going to be a hot story. And, well, we find out it was not hot. He wore his watch and his socks, and it lasted 10 minutes. And she never saw him again. And I can't blame her. That's... Yeah, that's bad. That's really bad. Especially after, like, you're, for all these all years... That all that that's <laughs> all that it is. That's the culmination where watch, a watch and socks. I think a watch is... I don't think it's that weird to wear a watch. Watch but isn't weird. Socks? And the 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Yeah. 10 minutes. <laughs> you built her up all this time. What is 10, 10 minutes? Does that include? What does that include? Like everything? I think everything? it. Everything? I think so. And the, From I mean, start to finish. That's yeah. pretty bad. Well, it's like the, what is it? Pushing All My Buttons? What? The song by Pussycat. Dolls. Dolls. It's loosen up. Loosen up my buttons. It's called buttons, but loosen up my yes. buttons is what they say. He did that for all that time, and then <laughs> here's ten minutes. Pussycat dolls reference. It's like, where are you going with this? Uh. <laughs> but he did that for all that time. Yeah, and then yeah, it was so all bad. You, all she got was ten minutes. Well, we find out that Dorothy slept with her divorce lawyer. And Sophia guessed it right away and was like, oh, they always sleep with their divorce lawyers, which I'm like, that's a thing? I don't know if that's a Mm. thing. I don't know. I mean, just like men having prostates (laughs) in the North is a thing. Neither of us have ever been divorced, so we have no idea. Yeah, and I wouldn't have a a desire. Well, I know people who are divorced my age, but... we're, We're coming up on our third anniversary. Yeah, but... I, I, yeah, but Dorothy slept with a divorce lawyer and went on an eating binge. So it was a really rough time for her, as she put Sounds it. Like what and talks, <laughs> thank you, okay, <laughs> talks about, you know, how they look leaning over a mirror and not being in your 20s. And when you lean over a mirror in your 20s, apparently, like everything stays where it should. But when you get older, they're saying your face slides forward. And, you know, Blanche is like, no, this isn't true. I look beautiful no matter what. And she's like, Honey, take a sedative before you look. She gets out a mirror from her kitchen drawer, which I'm thinking, like, why do you have a mirror in your kitchen? Maybe it's the junk drawer. But she grabs it, and then she's like, oh, my gosh. Puts the mirror back up, puts her head, and Dorothy says, only on your back. And Blanche goes, oh, that's right. I'm gorgeous. You know, everything. She's like, but everything slides back, and then, unfortunately, off to the sides. And um, Blanche then says she just wants to meet men lying on her back. And um, Sophia said, I think that's I already how you meet men. Yeah. So, ouch. Sophia with her zing. I think that's Sophia's, like, first really big zinger. Uh, yeah. Of the episode. She kind of, like, picks a bit on Rose and Arnie during their awkward hug. Mm-hmm. But 
and and of course picks on Dorothy and her bony feet. But or is it bony feet or is that what Blanche picks on her about? Ears, I think. No, she picks on Dorothy about her ears. Her ears and Blanche picks her bony feet. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, golly, they're just tearing people apart. They can be vicious in this house, they okay? Can be. They're so, brutally honest. Yeah, I mean, they're best friends, and they're like, and also, Sophia, that's just Sophia. She can't help it with the stroke, and well, she and really just mom. says, yeah, and it's a mom. But my mom wouldn't do that. But I think that sometimes, you know, moms don't realize the way things are coming across when they say it, too. True. Well, and she's also, well, we get into this sometimes. Me being from the North, I say some things that typically, Kaylee being from the South, she's like, why why would you say that i definitely like have an at or have a problem with his attitude sometimes because his tone comes across a certain way and definitely what he says but i think that um he's learned and but other times like i've said stuff and my mom thought that i've had an attitude and i definitely didn't and my friends were going um i didn't hear anything but you know i think so sometimes it just depends on who you're talking to and how you're what words you're saying whatever but I digress. So we are now back on the ship and Rose is still hiding in the bathroom crying after running away from Arnie and I. Rose. I don't know how long she's been in that bathroom. I feel horrible for her. Yeah. And she comes out of the bathroom because Arnie comes back in the room and he says, you couldn't look terrible to me. I left my contact lenses in the bathroom. (laughs) Because Rose is concerned. She looks red and puffy, you know, from all the crying. And... She says it's her first time since Charlie died, and he said he figured it was. And she felt that she was going to be unfaithful as she slept with him and felt that, you know, she felt like she was going to be cheating on him. And that would be really tough to wrap your head around, and understandably so. And he he said that he felt that way when his wife died, but it didn't let him... It didn't stop him. It didn't stop him. So... He felt lousy about what he did, but he felt great in the moment, basically, is what he said. And he said, that's the difference between men and women, and men can do it no matter what. And I'm like, you know, I feel like that's a... I don't feel like that's true, necessarily. I can't. Okay, well, thank you. (laughs) I I can't imagine being in that situation and working. Yeah, but I, I just, I don't think that that sounds like a good time for anybody. Because if you felt good during it and then you feel bad after, the like, like, that ruins it. And I wouldn't feel a desire to go sleep with anyone else if that was how I felt after sleeping with somebody. Mm-hmm. So he was married 34 years. He never slept with another woman. His wife's name was Molly. And she was his world. And he looked, enjoyed, and as he put it, patted a few bottoms. But he was broken after she died we find out that she was killed by a drunk driver and his daughter told him that mom would hate what you're doing because he wasn't living his life for like a year and a half and he said he ate like onion sandwiches for fun and because he was miserable you know that reminds me of in the office where michael is so miserable he starts eating mayonnaise and black olives (laughs) and he's like why am i eating this i hate it but i have to i gotta eat something because he was so miserable so i think it's interesting and um one of the Golden Girls, um, Kent's Bornack works on The Office and The Golden Girls. So mm. maybe, I don't know, that's an interesting thing to think about. The well, maybe that was a little similarity. I don't know. It's a hidden little thing, but probably not. It's just coincidence. Yeah. But they said, you know, mom would hate what you're doing and she's not in heaven if she's worried about you. And I think that's a really poignant way to put that. And I 
think that that's really sweet that his daughter cared enough to tell him that. Mm-hmm. And Rose is worried now because now they're like, okay, we've hashed all this out. And she's like, but I've got another problem I'm scared of. I'm worried that I might kill you. <laughs> because her husband died while they were making love. And she's very concerned that this could happen again. You know, he, he had a heart attack and died mm. in the middle. And um, in different episodes, you'll hear more about that. She tells a little more about, in depth about where he was saying, I'm going, I'm going instead. <laughs> oh, it's cringy. But <laughs> yeah. So um, she was confused about why he was saying he's going <laughs> instead. And uh, yeah, they found out because yeah i'm not gonna say what he should what direction he's supposed to be going in he's supposed to be going towards something instead of leaving well, he was going towards something <laughs> not what she was hoping so um then arnie makes a joke that you know what Actually, because you haven't had sex in 15 years, you might kill him. <laughs> so, but he then goes, you know what? I did have a checkup recently and assuages her concerns and says, you know, he's healthy as a 12-year-old. Which, I'm like, what an awkward age to put. I like, I don't want to think about sleeping with a 12-year-old. Heart. That's, uh... I have the heart of a 12-year-old. Like, like, ick, ick, no thank you. Like, can you at least make sure your legal I'm not age... Sure a 12-year-old can do... That's nasty. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, uh. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know why they call it. I know he's not That's thinking anything really of it, but weird. yeah, it was a weird comparison to choose that age. But so he offers to pack his stuff to leave, and she says, "Wait." And they sit on the bed together, and then she says, "Hold me," and I think that's a really sweet and tender moment. I think that that's a good um, way to end that scene. I didn't want to see anything inappropriate between them. That's for sure. No. And. I mean, it's for the day and age. Like, this is a really progressive show. And you're already getting a lot of information about their sex lives. Oh, and you get... It's such a vulnerable moment. You don't get to see that very often in TV. Where it's a genuinely vulnerable... She's been through a lot. She's a widow. He's a widower. He understands her. I think that he was the right guy to have this happen with. Yeah. I think that she couldn't have asked for a better choice for that. No. And it's... Kaylee told me she's heard people find this cringy, And it upset me because I don't find it cringy at all. I the find, line hold me. The line hold me. It's not cringy to me because it's showing... I care about you enough. I feel safe with you. It's a vulnerability. And it, and I'm going that I can be vulnerable. Please hold me because you're the only person I feel comfortable being with in this moment. And I'm I want to be intimate with you, but I don't feel like being intimate with you in that way. So, let's do let's do some physical intimacy like this. Yeah, we can start here and see where it goes. Yeah. So, now we're back Away from the stateroom because they got to have their private moment. We don't know what's happened yet. But Sophia entices Dorothy to play cards with her. Just because she likes to talk to Dorothy. And they open up to each other. Which is a really sweet thing. Sophia doesn't get vulnerable and talk about her emotions a lot. But she said, you know, uh, I don't really care if I play cards. I don't care if I win. What I care about is the talking. 
And she said it's the same thing when she used to play with Dorothy's Aunt Jean. And, you know, because they'd open up and could discuss a lot of things when they're playing cards. And I think it's sweet. I think I, like, used to do puzzles with my mom and stuff. But we'd be pretty quiet. I think we'd have Monk or Psych or some TV show that we both like on in the background. Or the girls. Or, you know, we'd have music or something. And I don't think we really talked. But it was a nice bonding moment except for, do you have all the end pieces? You know, like, and I think um, it's sweet that that's what they do. And I think that's just... They have a different relationship, and their relationship is close, but it's definitely not a touchy-feely one. So I think that this was sweet to see that they had this. And we get this comment about their Aunt Jean Hmm. and uh, Charles Boyer. And I don't know who Charles Boyer is. This is the perfect time for a Ben moment to go ahead and tell me exactly who Charles Boyer is, because I did not Google it, and here we go what what's what do we have about charles boyer so according to wikipedia charles boyer is a french american actor who appeared in more than 80 films between 1920 and 1976 uh primarily in drama he was mainly a stage actor starting out but found success in American films during the 1930s. Okay, there we go. All right, so he's like a classic film actor. That's good to know. I was like, is he a politician? I don't know who he is. He passed away in 1978, though. Okay. So, and I we don't know how old Aunt Jean is. And is Aunt Jean, like, Sophia's aunt or Rose's? I mean, Sophia's aunt. Sophia's Dorothy. aunt or Dorothy's aunt? I don't know. So, they say Charles Boyer and Aunt Jean swam naked. And this is what, I don't know. And then Rose ends up coming home during this time. And Rose is back. The girls are excited to find out what happened. And Dorothy doesn't want anyone pressuring her. And the moment Rose comes in, because they're like, oh my gosh, Rose is back. And Sophia asks, did you play Find the Cannoli? (laughs) Which. (laughs) All right. That's an interesting way to put it. And I really don't want to think about cannolis like that. I want to enjoy a cannoli and not be concerned of what it looks like. And, you know. I didn't know that's what cannolis look like. I don't, I don't know. I've never had a cannoli look like that, but I think they mean cylindrical. But we'll, we don't need to discuss that anymore. No. Thank you. So they ask Rose about the trip. You know, Blanche asks, Rose answers, and she's just going on and on. And, like, there was this dance and the food and everything and the captain and you know in rose fashion where she's rambling and dorothy can't take it anymore and she blurts out okay well did you hit the sheets or not something like that and sophia reprimands dorothy and rose says some women don't kiss and tell and blanche tells her that half the fun that's half the fun and from university most of her stories were for the fun and then Dorothy comes up with this compromise of, okay, well, don't come back in the room and we'll know that you didn't. But if you come back in the living room after walking to your room, then we'll find out that you did sleep with him. So she walks out, goes down the hall to her room, pops back in, and we find out she did. So she slept with him and they're cheering. And, you know, <laughs> she thanks Dorothy and Blanche in. Sophia says, uh, don't you have Arnie to thank for that? Like, (laughs) because (laughs) obviously, but she's saying that they enabled her to be able to go and encourage her to try something that she was afraid of. I understand what she's saying, but yes, Arnie should get most of the credit. Agree. 
And good job, Arnie. Yeah. So Dorothy and Sophia resume playing Persian rummy together and they catch up again and they start talking about people, you know, that they are family friends and bring up Aunt Jean again and a little more information about Aunt Jean and Charles Boyer and a guy that Dorothy slept with. And Sophia was like, I didn't know you slept with him and that kind of stuff. So they're just kind of, you know, catching up on random things. And that's the end of the episode. So what I think about this episode was that it was a very, very good episode. I think... I love the vulnerability. I love the acting chops we get to see from Betty White. You don't always get to see her do some dramatic roles. And um, I think it's nice to see she can do all kinds of things. I mean, she's just a great actress. And I think that Harold Gould, who's playing Arnie Peterson in this, and we find he later comes back as Miles Weber in other episodes, recurring to be another man that Rose dates. I love him as Miles, and I love him as Arnie Peterson. And I... Just think Harold Gould and Betty White have wonderful chemistry. So I think we've seen him in other stuff too. Yeah, he plays the grandpa on Freaky Friday, which yes. we watched recently. And he's great. And he does a great job. Cracks me up with that one. And I mean he's in several other things, but I that's right off the top of my head I can think about him. And um I just I really enjoy him. I think as an actor, he's really, really good, solid choice mm-hmm. for that part. And I think he plays the characters he's played very well. And Betty White did a great job. And I think maybe she tapped into some pain of her own loss and being a widow. Who knows? Yeah. But um, she did wonderful. And she did. It, I could definitely see why she'd get an Emmy for this episode. She, I mean, for a com- comedic series, she really held her own doing some well, dramatic acting. Yes, for a comedic series to delve into that personal and vulnerable of a subject. Yeah, and then the funny episode, you know, the funny scene where they're in the kitchen and that kind of stuff. I think that's great. And just the A plot, the B plot, all around is just a solid episode. I think that they really, um, the writers, did a wonderful job on this. I think this is the episode where it really started to take off. Yeah. They found their footing and it just flows from there. They're just, they found the groove. They're in their groove. That's it. Yeah, I think it was wonderful. And, um, yeah. So our next episode is going to be episode number four, which is The Transplant. And we'll get to see Blanche's sister. And um, it'll be interesting. Blanche's sister, Virginia. And Blanche also has a sister, Charmaine, who gets brought up. So you learn a little bit more. But we only get, we get to see Virginia in this. And Blanche does not get along with her sister. So it is an interesting episode. It's not one of my favorites. But... I think that, um, again, we get some important background. I think that every episode has a point, even the ones that were like, meh, I want to skip. Most of them, I really, they're not even too terrible that I have to, you know, I can't stand sitting through them. But I think that this is a pretty, I think the Transplant's a pretty good episode. It's just not um, one of my, like, woo you know, episodes like Ben for this one was really excited. But I, I do love, I love this episode. And I think that there's some cute scenes in the one with Blanche. And we get to see a vulnerable side to Blanche, which, mm-hmm. is, which is really nice. Because we always get to see her as tough, like, you know, flirty. And I don't care about anything. I'm Blanche. You know, living her best life. Strong, independent. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So... I think it's really going to be a good episode. So we can't wait for you guys to tune in next time to hear our episode number four. And we'll come up with some kind of witty episode name for that. Yeah. But, oh, it's be fun. yeah. And we also started a, um, an Instagram account. Um, so follow us on social media. We have the Instagram at hubba hubba zing zing. And, um, thank you so much guys for listening. We appreciate all of you like share, subscribe, 
whatever you want to do we appreciate it we are also available on both spotify and stitcher not just spotify no. and anchor as well and anchor so all right thanks guys we'll talk to you next time bye bye